0: is not having a divisive thing in our fellowship and for that i want to say thank you amen you know i've had people come to me and said you know i prayed about it and i'll use rod and sue and in fact rod and sue are watching today from america so look up there and say hi rod and sue No, I didn't tell anyone, but they really wanted us to video one of their, of our services to be able to send to America. You know, Rod and Sue had prayed about, you know, like like, like the vaccine, and they really had a peace, and they felt that God said, "Yep, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to get that, and because they wanted to go see their family in America, and, you know, they are, they are fit, they are healthy, God is good. You know, for me, I'm just putting my hand up there, I don't have a peace about it for myself, but, you know, Rod and Sue are great friends of mine. There is no division in our friendship over that issue. And we should never let division come over that issue. Is there an amen to that? So we talked about it as a core team. We are, we are not segregating. We do not believe in segregation because seg- segregation is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to continue to stand in unity, and I want to encourage you in that, um, to keep the unity. Amen? I also want to say, as they go out, is that whatever... I think they're already going. they just disappeared. Oh, well. I was going to say, but you guys have just missed out, so it's all good. I was going to say is that we will do whatever we need to do. And what I mean by that is if, if uh, we need to pray about it and we... Oh, they're back. Oh, that's good. Um, if we, if if God directs us, which I think he actually is, to starting a business or two, we will start a business or two. I'm thinking, why can the Jews, the Mormons, the exclusive brethren and stuff, how come they've all got businesses and we can't have businesses? You know, I remember talking to a friend of mine who spent years in Israel, and he unpacked so many things for me, you know, as a part of their culture, and it so encouraged me, is that they don't they don't rely upon the government for their payments and stuff. They rely upon the community. They rely, they rely upon God and one another. Is there an amen to that? And if we need to start a business or two to actually help brothers and sisters who need income at this point in time, that is what we do because we are not a church, we are a family. Is there an amen to that? Is there an amen to that? Because I feel that this is the greatest time to advance than, than we've ever seen. I actually hear the Lord saying, advance, 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 advance. And so whatever we have to do, we will do and we will do it together. Amen? I hope you're with me in that. Like, uh... Come and see me later if you not. No, just, just kidding. Oh. So we're going to get into the Word today. Don't we love that title? Anyone else love that? Come on, Jesus. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. You know, I'm a little bit, uh, this morning, thanks thanks everyone for hanging around. Bless them. Bless the kids in Jesus' name and all them that help them. You know, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit this morning because um, of the word that God has given me. But yet I have to preach the word that God has given me because otherwise I'm not a servant of Jesus Christ. Is that okay? Paul, the Apostle Paul said, if I'm trying to please men, I'm not a servant of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear my heart in this before I get into the Word of God today. I hope that you hear my heart of compassion and love, the heart of the Father, yet a faith and a hope that is in Jesus Christ. Is that okay? So God, we just pray this morning that you would give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to your church. I stand against and I bind in the name of Jesus any spirit of witchcraft all the Leviathan spirit in Jesus' name. that would seek to twist things out of context in Jesus' name and we bind that spirit in Jesus' name and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth and that you will speak truth and that you will unveil truth this morning in Jesus' name. Amen? So to live is Christ. This is awesome. I'm excited. I'm, I'm nervous-sighted. Have you ever been like that before? Has anyone ever been nervous-sighted before? You're nervous, but you're sighted. You know when you kind of go out and you, something happens, like you get your pea plates and you drive for the first time, you're a little bit nervous, but you're excited. And there seems to be a ritual in Australia that when you get your peas, you go through McDonald's drive through. Or maybe Hungry Jacks if you don't like McDonald's. I don't know. You just go through a drive through because it's just like, whoa. Anyway, I'm a bit like that. Because, you know, there are lots of things that are happening in our nation at this time. There is lots of things that are happening. And today is actually one of the last times I'll get to preach a full message for 2021. Because we've got things over the next couple of weeks, we've got other people sharing and preaching and other things happening. Today is one of the last times I'll get to preach a full message in 2021 because we are nearly on in 2022. So I want to address some things because you know what? We need the word of the Lord. Because I believe... Well, let me say this first. I'm really mindful. You know, those... Those that know me enough know my heart. And I'm really mindful. I don't see, I don't take leadership for granted. I don't take speaking the word of God for granted. There is an awe and there is a wonder as you stand before God in His word. And I'm really mindful of this verse in 2 Timothy. That says, be diligent to, pre- to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. I'm really mindful of that. Because that's why it says, don't aspire to be an elder or don't aspire to be a teacher. Why? Because you're going to be held accountable for the things that you've taught and the things that you've done. It's not a position of like, woohoo! It's a, whoa. And I've had to repent over time of things that I preached 20 years ago. That's true. I was raised in a church that said that tongues was of the devil. So I had to repent of that. I'm just being real. Hopefully, I can handle the word of truth a bit more. betterer. But I'm also mindful in this time that we need Davids. The church needs Davids. The church needs Davids, men, women who have a heart after God and are willing to stand up to the Goliath with a stone and cast it down. The church doesn't need people who look like warriors on the outside like the army, but yet are not on the inside. The church actually needs people who have strength on the inside. And that was the difference between, well, that's one of the differences between Saul and David. Saul was a man, ahead, head and shoulders above the rest. That's what it says. Guy, come and stand next to me for a minute. Just you can pretend to be Saul. But he's not. Uh, he's, he's kind of nearly head and shoulders. Saul was an impressive man. He was an impressive man. He was head and shoulders above the rest. Thanks, bro. Good on you. That's my New Zealand buddy right there. So, my New Zealand bro. He was head and shoulders above the rest. He was very impressive. He had all the weaponry. He had all the armor. He had everything. And yet there was something that was lacking. It was his heart. David was just a ruddy little boy who was out the back tending the sheep. But God looked at his heart. And he said, this is a man after my own heart. And you know, the church doesn't need Saul's right now, it needs David's. And I say that in all respect and honour. We need Caleb's and Joshua's. Did you push the record button? Oh, good boy. First time. Hey, wasn't Bailey great for the first time on the guitar this morning? Bless him. It's awesome. Isn't it good to see our young people stepping in and being a part of stuff? It's good. We need Caleb's and Joshua's. We need people who can take possession of the land. Not people that look at the circumstances. Brooks' word was awesome this morning. Hey, I can I can really get to that because being a soccer coach and a soccer player, I, that just really spoke to me. Get your head up because people dribble with the ball down and they miss the passing opportunities. They miss the opportunity to bring their teammate into the game because their head is lowered and they get and they and they can't see the enemy. Oh, sorry, I mean the opposition. Doing doing what they are doing. They like they can't see that stuff because their head is down. And so, what what an awesome word. Lift your head. Lift your head. Not only then, then can you see what the enemy is doing, but 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 lift your head because you can see your teammate who's standing right next to you and who's in a better position to pass the ball. What an awesome word. We need Calebs and Joshua's that can look at circumstances and go, you know what, we can take the land because God said so. Is there an Amen? I really believe that what I said earlier that my generation we haven't had to fight for anything there have been individuals that have had to fight but my generation hasn't had to fight I was in a good home my parents loved me I got food on my table I got everything that I needed I didn't get the added pair of sneakers every now and then that I really wanted but you know what I'm talking about but the generation before me, my dad was raised. My dad was raised in London during World War II. You know what? They had to fight for stuff. There was bombs going off every night, left, right and centre. It's one of the testimonies of my family was that they were in their house and every night they would fill their bathtub full of water in case a bomb went down and destroyed the water pipe thing and they couldn't get water. They would fill their bathtubs full of water. You know, there was a fire bomb came through the roof of their house that night and it landed in the bathtub full of water and it didn't detonate. It didn't go off. That's a true story. Just like my grandfather was on the Titanic as an 18-month-old child. Except he didn't get on the Titanic because his mum got sick and they had to cancel their ticket. But I, but I share that about my dad because when he came to Australia in 1948, after World War II, he never had seen a banana, he'd never tasted ice cream, he didn't know what jelly was, and for the rest of his life, he loved dessert. It's true. fact he developed type 2 diabetes I wonder why (laughs) we used to joke about that all the time it's okay he's with Jesus now he's seeing everything that we're going to see one day amen he's right there but what I'm trying to get is, is that my dad had to fight for everything their family had to fight for everything and when they came out to Australia after war they had nothing they didn't come to anything. They just had a little bit of money in their pocket and that was it. And they had to make their way. But my generation, we haven't had to fight for anything. Of course, I'm not talking about physical here. I'm talking about spiritual. And you know what? The church, is in, the church in this nation, and please hear my heart in this, the church in this nation is very weak. And we need to get a bit of breakthrough spirit. We need to get a bit of breakthrough spirit. We need to get a bit of breakthrough spirit. Because our God is the God of the breakthrough. He is the one who makes a way where there is no way. You know what? I, I reckon every single one of us has seen God do something that has been mighty and powerful in their life. Sal- Salvation is a good start. But, you know, when you see alcoholics delivered of alcoholism like that, when you see backs healed, when you see people who are meant to be in wheelchairs, you know, all of a sudden get up and walk, you know, on all this stuff, our God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Can we get a bit of faith stirring up this morning? Man, I'm getting off track. We all need to keep practicing Romans 12, 1. We do. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We always need to keep practicing that. We always need to keep growing that because we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Greek word for repentance is metanoia, and that means that we are being changed. Our minds are being renewed, and we are changed. Is there an Amen. We need to continue to walk in that because we have been, if you've called upon the name of the Lord and you've been born again, you have been born again from above. And you are not earthbound anymore, but you are seated with him in heavenly places. But we need a renewing of our mind to understand what it means to live in Christ. Amen? Because we are not of this world. If I had a lot of time this morning, but you don't want to be here till two o'clock probably, Okay, Liz says no. Okay. That was a good word, by the way, Liz. Jairus' daughter. Love that. That is an awesome word. Do you, do you understand, for those that are like, um, haven't been here for a while, do you understand that that was a prophetic word? It wasn't just a nice verse of Scripture that she opened up, but it, but it was a word that the Holy Spirit is breathing on right now, that even though things seem dead, that God can come with the resurrection power. Amen? Awesome. But if we had a lot of time this morning, I would read you John 15, 19. I'd read you Romans 12, 2. John 18, 36. Sorry, I'm going through this really quick. You can listen to it online later. 1 John 2, 15. John 17, 14. Colossians 3, 2. John 17, 6. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. James 4, 4. Ephesians 6, 12. Philippians 3, etc, etc. To realize that we are not of this world. They are just some of the verses in Scripture that say that we are not of this world. If we've been born again, we are born of the Spirit, and we are not of this world. Amen? You know, I love the verse in Romans 12, because you know what? While things around us can be shaken, we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in fact, I would would be so bold to say that sometimes we need a little bit of shaken. We actually need a little bit of shaken, because you know what happens? We get comfortable, don't we? We get complacent. And sometimes we need a little bit of shaking just to go, whoa. We do. But it says that we belong to a kingdom in Romans 12, uh, not Romans 12, Hebrews 12, 27 to 28. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us worship God with reverence and awe for our God is an all-consuming fire. He is holy. He is worthy. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. Amen? The battle that so often occurs and is occurring right now in this nation, I believe, this is my first bold statement today, I believe that the battle that's occurring in this nation today is between law and love. The battle is between law and love. And we have to understand what is happening. It's a battle between law and love. I want to say I've been sitting on these things for a few weeks trying to get some better understanding of what God is saying before I've been preaching this today. And he clearly showed me that the battle is between law and love. And this is why our minds need renewing. Because many believers read the Word of God still through law rather than love. Is that Okay. I want to give you an example from my own life because I love to share from that point of view. In John... Hang on. John 14. Ah, John 14 verse 15. Which says, this is Jesus speaking, it says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You know with the foundation I grew up in, I read that as law in terms of, Tim, if you love me, you will obey my commands. What was my response to that? My response to that was, I better obey all these commands to prove that I love God. Can you see what I'm saying? I better do all this stuff to prove that I love God. That is law. And then 20 years ago, when I started to understand love and grace, I was like, oh my goodness, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That is the love of God that is welling up inside of you causes you to want to do it. Not have to do it, but you want to do it. Is that okay? We want to do it. Just like the relationship between a husband and a wife, you want to please your spouse. You want, to, you want her to feel that. You want that. Not you have to, but you want to. And so, so you know, I would be so bold to say that many believers need to read the Word of God through a different lens. I had to because it says in it says in 1 John 4 I'm just setting a bit of a foundation for something is that okay Is that a yes cool 1 John 4 then says this there is no fear in love you see what law does is it makes you fearful what are you fearful of fearful of the punishment I was fearful of a punishment. I was fearful of a punishment that that if I didn't live up to God's standards that there would be punishment. And, you know, in my family sometimes it felt like that. If you didn't do the right thing, there would be punishment. Yep. That's the way. But it says here that there is no fear in love. Instead, the perfect love of God casts out fear because fear Involves punishment. If you do not do what I say to you, you will be punished. It's law, isn't it? But perfect love casts out fear. The battle is between law and love, even in our hearts. The battle is between law and love, and God is saying, I want you to know that I have paid the price, that I have done it, that you can, you can, you can come that I have taken the punishment. Jesus says, I have taken the punishment so that you could come. There's no fear in love because it casts out all fear. You know, I, I, I was thinking during the week as I was praying about this, I was, I was thinking about the church in Galatia. Oh, there goes my bookmarks. Summer's always really good here, isn't it? I was thinking about the church in Galatia. So here he was a church in Gentile territory that had heard the gospel and had responded to the good news of Jesus Christ, amen? That the Holy Spirit had been poured out amongst them and there's, that there were such great things that were happening. You know, they, you know, sometimes, please hear me right here, sometimes it's easier to reach an unbeliever than, than someone who's been in church for 50 years because we carry lots of stuff with us. And that's why we need to be renewed, uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to keep coming back to the Word of God to see what the Word of God really says. So here was the church in Galatia there had been, been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there were amazing things that were happening in the church of Galatia. And yet Paul had to address some things. Because it says in Galatians 3, You foolish Galatians! Who has cast a spell on you? Or some translations would say, Who bewitched you? There was witchcraft in operation. Who is trying to control you? That's what witchcraft is controlling someone against their will. Does that raise something? Against their will you know what, when we present the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone, we do not coerce them. We simply present the facts and we lay hands on them, maybe, and pray for them, but they still have a decision to make. It is their choice whether they do or do not accept Jesus Christ. So here, are we going okay? So here we are in here, people had received Jesus, they didn't have all the baggage. They received Jesus, the Spirit of God was moving mightily amongst them, and yet some people had come in and tried to control them or tried to bewitch them. And so Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I I, I only want you to learn this from, I, sorry, I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit? By works of the law or by believing what you had heard? Did you receive the Spirit by observing the works of the law or did you receive the Holy Spirit by believing what you'd heard? Hopefully we're saying believing what we heard. Is there an amen to that? Okay. Are you so foolish after beginning by the Spirit Why are you now trying to live by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing? And it continues to go on. People were trying to come in and say, you guys need to be circumcised and you guys need to observe this and you guys need to do that and you guys need to do that. And all of a sudden there was this heap of law being put upon them rather than grace and love rather than grace and truth. And Jesus came full of grace and truth. There was a battle in the church of Galatia between law and love, flesh and the spirit. So what is our response to what is happening? Our response is this. Paul said in Philippians 1, to live is Christ that's it isn't it to live is christ and to die is gain he said whilst i'm living on this earth i am going to live for christ he gave his life for me i'm going to give my life back to him out of love and everything i do i'm going to do for christ and if i die in the process of living for christ well it's greater things are coming because i'm going to glory and then, he, and then he said, you know what, I'm in a bit of a torment kind of thing because, you know, I really want to be amongst you to continue this ministry, but on the other part of me, I just want to go to glory now. That's what he said. And maybe we all have a moment like that every now and then. No? Just me, is it? When the battle's in there, you go, oh, God, just take me to glory now. I'm going. Woo! Bit of Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty, you know, like. But Paul said, whilst I am living on this earth, I will live for Christ. That is our response. Oh, now let's unpack that a little bit. Oh, because you go, oh, that's really good, Tim, live as Christ. Well, what does that mean for me in my circumstance right now? I'm going to skip those other verses, push past those ones. I'm just going to scan and go to these ones. We have to live for Jesus. In all things, Christ is central. Christ is all. I want to head into a little bit of dangerous territory today. Is that okay? Romans 13. Does anyone know what Romans 13 is? Oh, some people are no ghost. Other people are like, what is Romans 13, Tim? It says, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. Since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God, so then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good and you will have its approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid because it does not carry the sword for no reason. I've heard some messages delivered on Romans 13 and I just wanted to cry. there are some things that people share about Romans 13 that are so out of context and ungodly it's not funny because there's a principle here let me just digress for a minute there's a principle here at play we can all agree that God has established authority, amen do we have an amen to that yeah, authority government authority spiritual authority You like that one? God has also positioned elders, apostles, prophets and stuff in the church. God has positioned the man as the head, the home. God has put all kinds of different layers of authority through society. Do we agree on that? Good. That's a good start. And that authority at times gets abused. It gets abused by government. This authority gets abused by pastors, church leaders, other people. There's control, there's manipulation at times. And sometimes it gets abused in the home, in a marriage. This is what I want to hit this morning as part of that. Is that okay? So let's just reaffirm: God has established authority. He's 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 established rulers and governments, pastors, leaders, apostles, prophets, spiritual leaders. He's established husbands, but the essence of any form of authority is as Christ. Christ is always the marker for everything. That's why it has to be to live as Christ. Amen. Christ is the marker. Christ is the marker when it comes to um, servant leaders, government leaders, um, spiritual leaders, husbands. Christ is the marker. I've been trying to help some people over my course of my journey, trying to help people through Ephesians 5. Because it says, wives, submit to your husbands. And you know what? They get stuck on that one line and they say, well, my wife's out there. They say, wife, you must submit to me and everything. That is not the heart of Ephesians 5. You tell me in Scripture when the husband is beating the wife that, you know, God is saying to them, it's okay, you must submit to that beating. You show me in Scripture where that is. Are we going okay? Because it's, who made the first move? Let's just bring it back to your salvation. Who made, because husbands and wives are about Christ and the church. Is that not true? Amen? Yes? Yes? Husbands and wives, Christ and the church. Who made the first move? Did you make the first move? No, Christ did. We are the bride of Christ. We did not make the first move, but the husband made the move towards the wife. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Yes? You see, Christ made the first move. And as he sacrificed himself for us, We saw the goodness of God operating through Jesus Christ and we felt safe to come near into his bosom. And in the same way, the husband makes the move towards the wife and says, I want to create this culture of love and safety for you that you feel loved and saved and protected. And the wife says, I feel loved and safe and protected and therefore I can submit. And it is the same with every form. I am hoping that I am a spiritual leader amongst you, that you feel safe. If not, I'd better just quit. I hope that you feel safe and that therefore you feel like, you know what, I can submit to things that Tim is, I can submit to the prophecy, I can submit to the word because I feel safe, because I'm seeing Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, didn't he? He didn't say blindly follow me. I don't read that in scripture. He said, follow me if I follow Christ. Come up here, Carsten. Come up here for a minute, buddy. I'm going to use you. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up here. So if I'm Christ and he's Paul, right? So you just got to follow me. Just follow me. He said, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? We're just walking around, buddy. Yeah, good. Okay. Now let's just pretend that you go off the rails. Just, yeah, that way. He didn't say, blindly follow me away from Christ wherever I may go, did he? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Love you too. Right throughout Scripture, we see patterns that Christ is the head, that Christ is the example, and any form of authority is coming under Christ. So what Romans 13, let's go back to Romans 13 about governors and rulers and people in authority. What, what, what Romans 13 is not saying is that you sub, you must submit to any form of, of, of authority over you that is abusive, co, co, like controlling, coercive, and full of witchcraft. No. You talk to the church in China. You see the horrible things that have happened to them over a period of time. The beatings. The locking up in jails for their faith, all this kind of stuff. That is not where you submit. Because it says in Romans 13, you submit to what is good. You submit to what is good. We submit to Christ because he is good. If the husband is leading the home in a good way, the wife can submit into that. If a spiritual leader is leading in a good way towards Christ, people can follow into that. But if there's, but if I if I became a tyrant, don't follow me. Follow Christ. Because Paul said this. He said, I promised you to one husband, Christ. Yeah? Not true. I promised you to it is true, go and search it out for yourself. I promised you to one husband, Christ. How cool is that? We are under the headship of Christ. Do we realize that? And as long as that stays, as long as that headship stays, as as long as someone acknowledges that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, then we are in a safe position to move forward. But what happens when someone does not acknowledge that Jesus is King of Kings and Jesus is Lord of Lords? What do we do then? We obey God rather than man. What, I'm going to, and I'm sorry, I I don't like getting political because that's not my heart, my heart is Christ, but I want to use Victoria as an example. Abortion, full-term abortion, even on a table, when the baby has been unwanted, is that Christ? Same-sex marriage? Euthanasia? Now, it is Christian schools, you cannot hire Christian teachers anymore. You must be open to hiring anybody. That is not godly. That is not acknowledging that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. In fact, that is making a mockery of who God is. Now, God will deal with that. It is not our job to deal with that. And in fact, the Scripture says that we must pray for all our leaders and for those in authority. Amen? Amen? So if you see something that's going on, rather than whinging and complaining, you know what? You should turn that to prayer. Rather than whinging and complaining, turn it to prayer. That, in fact, that's... That should always be our basis in any form, any, any relationship. If you see what's wrong, you start praying into it. If God shows you something, you start praying into it. It's no different with those in authority. We should always honor and respect in that terms that we should pray for all those that are in authority. Amen? But never we, should we submit to stuff when it says, no longer should you gather together. That is not God. And if that happened in this nation or in this part of the nation, because it's happened in other parts of the nation, we do not submit to that. We submit to Christ who says, do not give up meeting together. Now, the form of how we meet may change, but the truth is that we will not stop meeting together. But you know what? I have such a hope in my spirit that God is going to do amazing things in this nation that's why I'm careful what I'm feeding my mind on. You need to feed on what is good and what is upright and what is from above. And you know, and I'm sorry for those people that send me stuff every day of the week because I get a list this long every week of people saying, watch this, please watch this. And it is not disrespectful. And I'm not unaware of some things that are happening, but I have to feed myself on Christ because it's the only way that I can lead you is by feeding on Christ. Show. Sure. That just hit something. Ho. Oh. We give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and we give to God's what is God's. You know, when they came in and they tried to, oh wow, look at the time. I'm really sorry. I just realised that these guys have just come back in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting my train of thought now. They tried to come and trick Jesus about the paying of taxes. Yep. You know the story? If not, go back to scripture and find it. And they tried to trick Jesus into the paying of taxes. You know, they were always trying to trick Jesus into saying something that would get himself in trouble. But Jesus was full of all wisdom. And you know, one of the things that's lacking in, in, in so many Christians is wisdom. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. We just don't need knowledge. We need wisdom in how to apply that knowledge. That is wisdom. We need to be the sons of Issachar, who not only knew the times and the seasons, but they knew what to do in those seasons. That's what is lacking in the church. We can say that these are the times and the seasons, but we really don't know what to do because our relationship with Christ is not deep enough. And that's why I've had to shut away other stuff and I've had to feed on Christ because I've got to go deeper. Because we've got to follow the spirit of God in this, not just run here and there. Whew. Oh, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. He said, "Show me that coin." He said, "Whose inscription is on it?" And he said, and they said, "Caesar's." And he said, "Give to Caesar what is due to Caesar." You know, the collection of taxes was there so that they could put the equivalent of roads and power and water, obviously not like what we have today, but you know what I'm getting at? The paying of taxes was meant to be for the betterment of society. So give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God's what is God's. Did you know that that statement, that one statement spoke to them in such a way that we don't recognize? Because the Jewish mindset went all the way back to Genesis, when the Lord declared, let us make man in our image. So what, what, what the Lord was actually saying in that moment is, yep, give the taxes to Caesar because, you know, you need roads, you need buildings, you need all this stuff. But you know what? You need to give yourself to God because you have been made in the image of God. How beautiful is that? Isn't that Beautiful. You give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and God's what is God's. And I would say to you today, you give to Caesar what is Caesar's, pay taxes, and you give to God what is God's. That is, you give yourself to him. You come back and you live for Christ. That is why we will never segregate over a vaccine, over a virus, over a government edict, because it's not the gospel that Jesus died for. It's not. Christ, my Bible says, I don't know what yours says, but my Bible says that Christ died for all. And therefore all died. That we should no longer live for ourselves, but that we would live for him who was raised from the dead. Do you you know what our mandate actually is? love one another, yeah, definitely. Our mandate is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to cleanse those who have leprosy and to make disciples of all nations. That's our mandate. You know, when I read the book of Acts, did you know that they were living in hostile times Often when we read scripture, we go, oh yeah, you know, that's nice. They were living in hostile times, and yet they never forgot that. And sometimes we can take our eyes off the ball to go there, to use the word the other way. We focus on all kinds of other stuff when we have got to focus on Christ. Our mandate is to make disciples of Bundaberg. That is our mandate, and we will do whatever we can to make disciples of Bundaberg to make disciples of this region. No government edict will stop us doing that. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Is there any amen to that? There are some things that maybe need to be stripped away. There are some things that we may need to change. But the the thing is that we are married to Christ. I've had a statement all week that I wanted to say, and I don't know whether I want to say it. You may not, oh, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't want you to misunderstand my heart. I, I really, ple- please, I don't want you to misunderstand my heart in this. But reading the Bible out of Jewish culture, where they were like family, and when one was weeping, they would weep, and when one was rejoicing, that they would rejoice. When we read scripture and we read that, 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 that they shared their possessions and goods and they gave to any, anyone who had need and there was no need amongst them, you know what that meant? They weren't looking to someone else to, to provide that need. They were looking to God in the community. They were looking to God in one another. Can we have an agreement on that? Yes? They were looking to God through one another to provide those needs. No one was meant to be lazy in a sense. Everyone was called to contribute in some form. And so what my friend said um, that what happens in the, in the Orthodox Jews is that if, say, Kara Lee loses her job, what it means is rather than her just getting some payout, what it means is that, is that the community employ Kara Lee while she finds another job to do some jobs. So I would say, hey, Carolee, my house needs painting. Can you paint, paint my house for me? Are you any good at painting? Bruce and, Trish, Bruce and Trish would say, Carolee, my garden needs fixing. Would you fix my garden? You can do that? Oh, actually, they say yes. That's actually... I guess what I'm trying to say is this. I am afraid that as Christians we are married to the world rather than to Christ. And what I mean by that is if we are relying upon government money all the time to get what we need to do, then there, is a, then there, there, there can be an issue of who do we obey when money is at stake. Can you hear my heart in that? Is that Okay. Because you know what? The church was always meant to be the head. I'm going to finish up now, so music team, you can come. I, the, 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 oh, oh. the church was meant to be the head, not the tail. You know, all this stuff that we see around society, hospitals, aged care facilities, all this stuff. Who was it started by? It was started by the church of Jesus Christ. It was started by Christians who believed that they wanted to make a difference in their community. Is there an amen to that? But what has happened over time is all of a sudden we can't operate without the government. And I think we've lowered our expectation of faith. You know, God said to us as we started Restoration Center, he said, you build people and trust me with your building. So what he meant to us in that, he said, don't go out and buy a million dollar building and get yourselves into debt. I want you to trust me for the building. I want you to focus on building people. You see, we are no man's debtor. There is no mixture. It is Christ and Christ only. My concern is that sometimes money can get in the way and can cause us to be double-minded. I don't want to cause us to be double-minded. I want us to live that. I want you to live Christ. I want you to preach Christ. I want you to worship Christ. I want you to stand for Christ. I want it to be all about Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you know what? Christ is in us together. Christ is in me, but Christ is in us. Amen? And this is why we will stand together. But I want to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you to pray maybe more than you've ever prayed, but not a begging prayer, a prayer of declaration, a prayer of authority. A prayer that says, I'm reading this in the Word of God and I believe that you can make a way where there is no way. And every deed that's done in darkness will be brought into the light in Jesus' name. And every baggage from the enemy that's trying to bring chains will be broken in the name of Jesus. And everything that has come against me that is injustice, I declare that it it will be returned 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in Jesus' name. Because righteousness and justice are the foundations of His throne. I want to encourage you to pray. And I want to encourage you to worship. And I want to encourage you to love. I really believe that we're going to see the goodness of God in our land. And if you're struggling to believe that right now, then you need to shackle up with somebody who does and you need to let a little bit of what they carry rub off on you. That assignment that we had in Alice Springs was not just a nice few words up on the hill. It was God moving in the heart of our nation. And the sign of the rain is a sign of what is to come. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Are we okay? Are we doing good? Yeah. Best one ever. Yeah. Gee. Yeah. Woo. I just need more Jesus. We all do. Anyone else need more Jesus? Let's worship him, eh? I'm sorry I preached for longer, no. but I'm not really sorry. Don't be. Don't be. Oh. We are the head and not the tail. Mm-hmm. And believe me, we will do we will do what we need to do. We will start some businesses. We will do some things that will help provide income for people. We will do what we have to do because we are in this together. Amen? Let's worship. Let's worship. What are you doing? Huh? Yeah, I was going to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. so the front is open as usual if you need prayer for something you need a prayer of encouragement you need a prayer of healing there are are people here that will pray with you don't forget to stand together in prayer this week with prayer and fasting don't forget to come and see me about the billets if you can billet somebody don't forget about everything that's happening this week from gin gin through to dinner. Let's just worship him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Jesus. Yeah.